Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the 1st to the 11th verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you're able, please stand for the reading. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you received on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. Though some have fallen asleep, then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace to me is, excuse me, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they is what we preach, and this is what you believed. This is the word of the Lord. Um, you'll recall the last time we looked at the 26th to the 40th verse of the 14th chapter where we read Paul's conclusion to his discussion on orderly worship or the point and purpose of worship. You know, worship has a point and purpose. This isn't just to, uh, to be filler between waking up and brunch. That there's, there's a point and purpose to our gathering. Uh, so starting at the 26th verse, we read, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up, point and purpose. So Paul's summary is not just, uh, uh, as I shared last time, it's not just of the 14th chapter, but it goes all the way back to the 12th chapter. So I encourage you, if you really want to understand, okay, how does, how does this 14th chapter conclude? Start at the 12th. And you go 12th, 13th, 14th, read it all. And it began, uh, uh, that's where in the 12th chapter is where he began his discussion on spiritual gifts. And again, without diving too deep into the weeds, um, it's an interesting, it, it gives you an interesting insight into what first century worship looked like. Yeah, it, 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 you, you, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's only me to think about those types of things. So when the first church came to, when the church, is, when the church was born, when it first came together, what did worship look like? How did, how, what was the experience, uh, how did it flow? It's, well, it, folks gathered, there was the Lord's Supper, that seemed to be a regular uh, 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 function or an activity or a, an ordinance of the church of each gathering. Um, and because you, you remember, Paul had to address the, the party atmosphere that was going on with the Lord's Supper. It's like you guys are having a party and you're missing the whole point and purpose. Uh, but there's, there's, uh, 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 there's an order, not an order of service, but an, an order to worship uh, with different aspects. So what is it? It's, there's, it's, 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 it's a hymn, 
it's a word of instruction, there's a revelation, there might be a tongue, and if there's a tongue, there's an interpretation. Um, if it's not worship, it's not worship. I know, you just love the profound things that I say. Uh, worship, in order for worship to be worship, it has to be worship. Otherwise, it, it, it becomes entertainment. It is, again, as we shared before, well, choir gets up, you say, yeah, they did a wonderful job, you know? They just make me encourage even more to give some money because they, they performed well. As well, actually, it's not about performing. It's about helping us get to the point of singing praises to him. It's, 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 it's the, they're the lead, if you will, in this choir we call a community of faith. Uh, but it, as I shared before, you know, we've been in those experiences where it's like swing and a miss. It's like, well, what, what was that hour about? And it's like, I don't know, but it didn't quite uh, hit me uh, the way I thought I would be hit or inspired. Um, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. Everything must be done so that... I don't want to park here too long, but the bringing of donuts so the church may be built up. The, the passing out of the programs so that the church may be built up. It's just, if otherwise, if we, if we miss the connection, working the soundboard so the church may be built up. It, that's why we gather. That, that's why you do what you do. Or at least I hope that's the motivation because if it's just simply, well, I got to get up and perform or I got to get up and, uh, and, and do something. It's just like, after, it's like, you know what? Then you, at some point you'll check out. It's like, I'm tired of doing that. Right. I, I just, I, I'm just tired of doing that. But if you look at it, do you get tired of breathing? You know, you get tired of eating? No, obviously, obviously not. Uh, 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 see, 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 it's, it's perspective. It's why we do what we do. Oh, now, if worship is the air you breathe, the food you eat, then you'll approach it altogether different way. Oh, no, I'm hungry. I, 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 I that's, 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 that's why the song, I, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. I, 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 I need to be there. Why? Because the singing is going to be on point? The, the preaching is going to be on point? Probably not. But I need to be there because I know I'll be surrounded with people that, that are trying to, to get through it just like I'm trying to get through it. They're, they're, they're struggling just like I'm struggling. They're, they're having a tough time and, and, and there's more month than money and, there's, and the kids just ain't acting right and just, there's, there's all types of stuff going on. But I need to be here. I, I, need to, I need to breathe. So Paul continues in, in verse 27. Uh, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at the most, I just love how it's, just, it's, it's like he's thinking out loud. He's, he's thinking like I tend to speak. Half the, half the time halted. It's like, okay, it's like, okay, well, if there's a tongue or two or maybe three, most three, should speak one at a time and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. 
For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed in courage and in courage. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So do you see the complementary aspect of worship? Um, again, don't want to wander off into the weeds, but look how everything that takes place is a we thing, not a me thing. All of this is about us. It's about us. And there's uh, a variety of uh, participation all working together. And so with this in mind, that's why Paul goes on to write in verse 34, women should remain silent in the churches. Uh, they are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home. For it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. Or did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? As I shared before, this is for a lot of people. This is where the wheels come off. It's like, oh boy. See, see, and that's what happens when you have a wooden interpretation of the text. You pull it out of its context and setting. You read stuff into it that you ought not read into it. And you, and you just misappropriate the whole meaning. Look, at, in the, it's in the flow of orderly worship. That's where this is inserted. It's in the flow of orderly worship. So what seems to be going on is that there are one wife, several wives. I don't know how many wives. It's not even important. But something's going on where the wives, not just women writ large, but the wives are like, hey, well, I'm going to, I need to say something. I'm, you know, again, as I shared before, you know, you've always been in those meetings. For those of you who are still working in the secular setting, it's like, you know, when you go to those group meetings and someone always has got that question. <laughs> You know that one, you know that person. You may have been that person. Let me ask the question. I know the answer, but I want them to know that I'm smart and I'm paying attention and all of that stuff. And it's just like, and you know you're thinking, I've thought, it's like, shut up. It's like, what? Why, are you, why are you asking this question? You know it's as obvious and you're, you're just saying it to be seen. You're not trying to add anything to the meeting. You're not adding anything to the worship experience. You're just trying to be all eyes on the wives. It could easily have been all eyes on the husbands, but apparently there's something going on with the wives. And that's what Paul's addressing. See, we talked about, if you listen to the last podcast on this, we won't go into that, but, 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 but the, the, the word, if we're going to be consistent, you got to go women and men or wives and husbands. You can't go uh, women and husbands. It, it, does, it, it falls apart. You, know, you have to look, you get, look at the text. Deal with the text. Don't let someone bamboozle you and say, well, see, you know, that's why, you know, I can't believe everything the Bible says. And then what you do, you run the risk of cherry picking what you want to selectively believe through the Bible. Right. Well, I won't believe that because, you know, good and well, it says that was first century stuff. That stuff doesn't fly in the 21st century. It's like, no, no, see, there you go. You're going to what you're going to do is when you come across another scripture that you have an issue with, you're going to say, well, that was first century stuff. And you're going to ignore that. No, look at the text in the context, in the setting of which it was given and read it for what it is. Don't don't eisegete. Don't don't read stuff in there that isn't in there. Um, so that that's that's the context of this portion of uh, uh, of, of scripture. I, I like how uh, uh, Peterson put it. Wives must not disrupt worship. That's the whole point. Don't disrupt worship. Talking when they should be listening, asking questions, that goes for everybody. But in, uh, un, there seems to be an issue with a set of wives in this 
in this situation, asking questions that could more appropriately be asked of their husbands at home. God's book of the law guides our manners and customs here. Wives has no license to use the time of worship un for unwarranted speaking. That applies today. Wives, husband, kids, uh, me. It's like, no, they say, it's, it's a we thing, not a me thing. Uh, do you, both women and men, imagine that you're a sacred oracle determining what's right or wrong? Do you think that everything revolves around you? Some people do. Some people do. Some, some, some people do. I'm not saying here. No, not, particularly not here at City Church. No, we don't roll that way. But, but, but you know some people. It's like as soon as a conversation, they can't even ask you a question because you know it's a setup for them to tell you about what's going on with them. Well, how are you doing today? I'm feeling pretty good. Well, you know I'm feeling lousy. And you know the reason I'm feeling lousy is like, oh, you just, you just hijacked a conversation about, about me. And if we're not careful, we'll hijack worship and make it about me. It's like, it's not about you. It's about us. It's, everything is about us. Um, do you think everything revolves around you? See, again, look at the forest, not the backside of the bark on one tree. Um, the whole point Paul is making is not to have things done that draws us away from a corporate collective worship experience and brings the focus on any one of us individually, female or male. Paul is so certain that, uh, that he's on solid footing that he goes on to write, if anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted to the Spirit, then let them acknowledge that what I'm writing to you is the Lord's command. Hmm. But if anyone ignores this, they will themselves be ignored. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. So there we have it. Mic drop. Three chapters, 12, 13, 14, on spiritual manifestations of God's spirit. See, how God's gifts ought to function in our worship experience. Uh, as I shared last time, it'd be a tragic, it would be tragic. It'd be a, a colossal waste of several weeks of, 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 uh, of presentation, of exhortation, uh, if we don't see, if we don't take the time to examine ourselves in the context of worship, including our Bible study, including our small group, including uh, praise team rehearsal, including how we uh, instruct uh, our, 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 our children in uh, children's ministry, um, we should clearly see our role and how the body operates. So this morning, we want to look at the first 11 verses of the 15th chapter, as Paul moves to address a very central issue. Now, brothers, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. In these two verses, Paul presents, like I like to say, at least four. I come up with four. There's probably 44. Uh, but at least four, uh, four points that, that, are, that, are, that are worth highlighting regarding the gospel. First, Paul preached it to them. Paul preached it to them. It says it right there. Second, they received it. They received it. 
Third, it's the basis on which they are standing. It's the basis on which they are standing. And fourth, they are being saved by it. They're being saved by it. So stay with me. I, I, I implore you, stay with me. Especially those that might be uh, inclined, prone to say, I already know this material. You know, I've, I've led others to Christ. I, 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 know, I know the drill. Especially you, stay with me. Uh, that's, that's, if, you're, if you're thinking that, you need to really lock in. Uh, look at the first two aspects. The, as I, without getting too fancy, the, the, the didactic and inextricable link between the first two points uh, Paul makes. I preached it, you received it. I preached it, you received it. Think about uh, Jerry Rice, greatest receiver, at least some say, greatest receiver of all times. If he didn't have Joe Montana or whoever the equivalent is to chuck that pass to him when he was open, at the time he was open, he wouldn't have been the greatest receiver of all time. What am I saying? There's a, there's a didactic, there's a teacher-pupil interaction that's taking place. Uh, there are those that know what salvation is and the transforming power of the gospel, and, though, and there are those that need to know that. I know, I'm, 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 Miss Rachel, I'm at the top of profound things this morning, you know. It's just, there are those that have the information, and there are those that need to receive the information. Stay with me. Uh, what's the point? Thank you, Elizabeth. Transformation requires interactive relationship and understanding. Transformation requires interactive relationship and understanding. Period. Full stop. I've given this example before. I'll give it to you now. Calculus class. First semester college. I had no idea what I was doing. Had an instructor. He was at least he was paid to instruct and you had a class of 30. I would say the wise ones dropped the class before the deadline for ad drop. Everybody else stayed. Lost, totally lost. At the end of the class, you go to, I don't know if they do that now, you go to the teacher's office, you look at your name, no credit, no credit, no credit, no credit, no credit, A, C, 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 no credit, no credit, no credit. Two-thirds of the class failed. One person got an A. Everybody else got C's. I got a C. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> you see, again, at that time in Bakersfield, again, it's like that chicken picking the piano. Pay, you know, pay a nickel to you know, see the ch chicken play the piano. You put them, chicken ain't playing the piano. It's just trained to know that when the light comes on, grain falls out, and I peck the keys to the piano, and, I, and, and, I, and there's music. I had no idea what I was doing. There was a breakdown between the instructor 
and the pupils. Well, it must have been the pupils' fault because somebody got an A. No, let, let me go out on a limb. He got an A because he knew the material. He are, he's like, if, if, if I was up there teaching, he would have got an A. Everybody else failed. Everybody else got a C and didn't know what was going on. There was a breakdown between the teacher and the students. And even though I got a passing grade in the eyes of others, I didn't know anything at all. But I got a passing grade. It said so. It said I was average student when it comes to understanding the material. I hadn't a clue what calculus was all about. Uh, we understand this with our children, whether it's math, reading, sports. What, what are you saying? Understanding precedes transformation. Understanding precedes transformation. I'll say it one more time because you guys are still staring at me. Understanding precedes transformation. There's a lot of transformation that hasn't taken place because I would submit we don't understand. That's why we do what we do systematically. So you'll be without excuse. Look, we're, we're, we're not going to just cherry pick our way through text and preach on you know, some popular themes. It's like, no, we're going to pick a book and we're going to march through the book. One, one to end in. And if you don't get it, it's because you chose not to get it or you stepped away for some period of time. It's like, well, I don't understand. Listen to the podcast. Attend the Bible studies. Get in the small groups. Understanding precedes transformation. Uh, it's the same way with our salvation. Look at the logical progression Paul presents. If the objective, and that's a big if. See, I'm going out on a limb. I, uh, I'm assuming that everybody's on board with that. Uh, if the objective is salvation, the first logical step is instruction, right? The second is understanding, receiving the information, uh, followed by the embrace, ending in salvation. If we're not careful, we want to hurry up and get to, I want you to sign on the bottom line. Do you love Jesus? You want him in your heart? Yeah, I do. It's like you have no clue what you've just ascended to. You have no clue, dare I say. There are many people that walk with assemblies, not this assembly, I pray, but walk with assemblies, and they've been going there for it, and they have no clue what they've assented to. Understanding precedes transformation. Salvation, transformation, is at the heart of what we do as this community of faith, as City Church of Sacramento, uh, that's what we do. We're about transformation. Transformation. Not entertainment. Not making you feel good. Not, not even if you agree. It's like, no, I'm responsible. I take this, I take this, I take this so seriously, Donnell. I do. I, do. I, I don't want... Mark, you messed up. You gave Donnell bad information. That's why I spent... Sister Meeks, I just love her because she understands. Towards the end of the week, it's like, no, he just, just, he's, he's off into the spiritual cave doing his thing. He's like, okay, let me give him space. 
because he's praying, he's preparing, he's doing what he needs to do in order to present to you so that the body is built up so then you can then turn that around and give instruction to other men, to other women, to other peers. That's what it's about. It's not, it's like, well, I got up, I listened to Pastor Meeks, yeah, he kind of inspired me for a little bit, and uh, okay, now, Mom, where are we going to dinner? That's a swing and a miss. There has to be an embrace of what, I understand what you said, I embrace what you said, and I am saved by what you said. Okay, so, it's enough of verse 1 for now. Verse 2 can be confusing without a careful examination. And it may cause some people to think that somehow uh, my salvation is dependent on how tightly I grip the gospel. See, the Paul, Paul uses a word, I did the word, trust me, don't trust me, you study. Uh, the word, Paul uses the word to describe their salvation in the present passive tense. Present passive, makes sense, right? You are being saved, okay? And the holding firm is in the present active. So there's a bit of a tension going on here uh, with what's being done to us and what he says we are doing. Eugene Peterson to the rescue, so I don't have to go, go through a whole lot of dancing around. He does, a, a, I think, a very good job of uh, uh, dissecting this. Friends, and he starts at the first verse, but you'll see it in context. Friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. This message that I proclaim and that you made your own. This message, again, talking about the gospel, uh, on which you take your stand and by which your life has been saved, has been saved. I'm assuming now that your belief was the real thing and not a pan passing fancy, that you're in this for good and holding fast. One, the gospel is preached. Two, there's understanding. Three, there's acceptance that leads to salvation, that leads to for salvation. But this is true and only true if your original profession was genuine. I know, because people is like, well, you know, the reason why they've fallen off the wagon is because uh, they didn't try hard enough. No, the reason they appears they've fallen off the wagon is they never understood from the beginning and never embraced the faith that, that was shared with them. That's where we mess up. We, we, we mess up. It's like, but if I try really, really hard and I really be a good person and you try all day, you're a nice guy, but you're not that nice. You're not that nice. You, you, because if you were that nice, you would have died for your own sins. You can't do that. You can't, I can't do that. So, so that's where we make the mistake that we conflate being nice, not kicking the dog, being nice to one another and loving one another with salvation. They don't make, they, they don't, they, it's a miss. Oh, so that means I get a pass. I get to do whatever. That shows me you don't even believe it. That's what that shows me. Because if you're going to sit there and say, boy, I can look for every loophole and I can do whatever I want and I can just, <laughs> let me introduce you to Jesus. Let's start all over again. Because if you understood who he is and what he has done and you accept that, you embrace that, then your life, you won't be the hellraiser that you are right now. 
And you know people that go to different ministries. There's not nobody here. It's just like, oh, I've been, I've been running with the Lord for, 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 for 20 years. It's like, when are you going to let them catch you? You know, it's just like, you're, you've been running with the Lord, huh? You're mean as a rattlesnake. Nobody wants to be around you. But you love Jesus. There's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. There is. There is. I mean, there's no, well, you know, God ain't finished with me yet. You don't know him. You don't know him. Don't, don't just, don't conflate. Oh, man, I sing in the choir. I, I do AV. I, I teach kids. God, help our kids. It's like, no. It's like, you don't know him. I get it, Pastor. Why, I, I, I hear you. Why are you stressing this point? Uh, because I'm convinced, like Paul, at the root of many, if not most of our issues, is a disconnect between our understanding and our embrace of the gospel. I've heard it. I really don't understand it. Or I've heard it, but common sense won't allow me to accept it. I've heard it. Don't understand it. So let me just keep going on because the people are nice and I get food to get donuts every now and then and uh, people are friendly. Uh, or common sense just says, I just, I just, I just can't go there. Uh, how else do you explain polls that, that say uh, this country is a Christian country that 70, 80, 90% uh, assent to Christ as their savior? Give me a break. Seriously, give me a break. You know that's not true. You know that's not true. But 70, 80, more, they believe that's the case. So Paul isn't going to leave anything to chance. I'm almost done. Uh, and he goes on to explain what the gospel is. Let me just break it down. Let me just, so starting at verse 3. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. Those of you who have read ahead on the 15th chapter, if you're a real good student, you've read the 15th chapter, you know that it deals with the, the central issue of our faith. What's that? It's the resurrection. The resurrection of Christ, the resurrection of those that have died in Christ, and the resurrection of our bodies. That's your homework for today. Read the 15th chapter. Read the 15th chapter. Uh, at first glance, you might look at this and say, boy, this portion of text is kind of disjointed from what precedes it. Uh, but understanding worship as the lived out expression of the radical change in our lives, we confess our salvation, then it makes perfect sense. See, see Paul, Paul is going back. <clears throat> Paul is addressed what he's addressed. And this is how the spirit manifests itself in worship. And this is how orderly worship is supposed to look. But you know what? I think now is a good time, 15th chapter, now is a good time to go back and make sure we understand what it is we believe. That we've given expression to what we say we believe. So Paul has dealt with worship that is and is not, 
and is going it, that what he's 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 dealt with what worship is and is and is not, and now he's going back to the beginning of our relationship with God to make sure we understand what everything is about. So you recall, if you remember, I know it's a long time ago, it was in the first chapter, the 13th to the 22nd verses, where Paul introduces the cross. So if you think that this is just, well, you just kind of like pulled this out of the air and started talking about this. He goes, nah, nah, I, I began this. He said in the 18th verse, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. So Paul, again, he's, he's, he's awesome. I love him. He's got engineering tendencies. So he's got um, four key verbs uh, here uh, in this section. One, Christ died. Two, Christ was buried. Three, Christ was raised. And four, Christ was seen or he appeared. So what are you saying? What I'm saying is you take away any of these pillars and the building that is our faith collapses. You take away any of these and our faith collapsed. Christ died, he was buried, he was raised, he was seen. Uh, there had to be an atoning sacrifice for sin. And sin in God can't exist. Uh, that's point one. The wages of sin is death. Two, Christ died. He wasn't in a deep coma. You know, he wasn't in a deep sleep. He was crucified and he was buried. Three, on the third day, Christ rose with all authority and power, conquering death and the grave. Four, unless you doubt what I'm writing, this is Paul talking, here's a roll call of witnesses. Some of them are even alive today. See, Paul describes himself as the last and the least, one abnormally born. I didn't even fit into the flow of everything. Nine-month gestation didn't work for me, but, you know, uh, Thankfully, grace intercedes. And as I'm closing, this is, that's exactly where he comes to that point. Uh, he said, I didn't immediately come to faith at the beginning. Implied, I didn't come to faith at the beginning. He said, in fact, I actively worked against it. And so here, and again, in verse 9, uh, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me, whether then it is I or they. This is what we preach, and this is what you believe. Closing. Um, Needless to say, it's only the grace of God that allows a person that uh, persecuted the church to end up as uh, probably the, arguably the greatest evangelist uh, of the church. But Paul, Paul, who can, who, whose resume would trump anybody's, uh, makes clear that he's not anything particularly special. As he writes, I am what I am. And it's God's grace that has enabled him to do the things he's done. See, it's in direct relationship or in, propor in, in proportion uh, that Paul understands grace and he's able to do the things he does with the degree of resolve or steadfastness 
that he does. I hear you. That's Paul. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, that's, that's good for him, you know. But this is, you know what? I'm a single parent. I'm trying to make it rain. You know, I just, goody, goody for Paul. What about me? See, this is an incredible example of grace. Uh, that God, in the, regardless of the darkest aspect of your past, there is nothing so dark that God... Have you murdered anyone? I pray that hasn't been the case. Uh, if you have, let me know. Yeah, just, uh, just, <laughs> just, just let me know. Uh, but Paul persecuted the church. He, he murdered people or caused people to die with his persecution. And God used him like nobody's business. That's his resume. What's yours? You ain't murdered anyone? I think there's room at the cross for you. That, 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 that you can't hide behind, well, you, don't, you really don't understand what I've done. or what I, No, no, you don't understand. See, God already knows. And that's, why, that's why folks always say, God knows my heart. Yeah, he does. And uh, his, his, his scripture lets us know it's deceitfully wicked. So like, let's, not, <laughs> let's not hide behind that. You know? He knows my heart. Yeah, he knows exactly how wicked we are. The things that we allow to cross our mind. If, and that's a big if, if we accept him, as Paul wrote to the Philippian church, this is what he said in the first verse, first chapter, six verse, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So, what is Paul writing? Paul wants the Corinthian church, and I want the city church of Sacramento to know the core of our faith um, is the resurrection of Christ. And it provides a window through which we ought to view every and anything we do at home, on our jobs, in the community, on the freeway, in the checkout lines, with each other, everywhere we go. We ought to have at our core an understanding of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If we have that, if we understand that, I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. If we understand that, embrace that, live that out, what, you think the world might get, might, might get changed? You think the community might get transformed? See, See but, but, but unfortunately, we we run the risk of dealing with symptoms and doing the things on a, on a, on a, a roundabout way. Well, I, 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 I know uh, they're having issues, marital issues, so let me send them to a good counselor. Do you know Jesus? Let's, let's start there. Let, let's, let's start there. How well do you know Christ? How well do you? But, but, but no, 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 no. It, it is really, it's like, uh, he's working too long, or she's not cooking dinner, and it's just like, no, 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 let's, let's, let's cut to the chase. How well do you know Jesus Christ? But, but, but no, if you would just tell him, tell her, give me this, give me that, no, no. How well do you know Jesus Christ? That's what Paul is driving home here. I've dealt with all of these symptoms, these issues. I'm telling you, yeah, don't kick the cat. Yes, don't break the glass. Yes, don't do these things that just mess up the order of things. But let me introduce you to Jesus Christ. 
And that's where we need to be individually, collectively, in the body of Christ that we profess. How well do we know Jesus Christ? And to the degree we know him is the, to the degree we will respond to his call. My sheep know my voice. Oh, that's wonderful. And they respond. That's what Jesus said. My sheep know. They, they hear. They know. They respond. They're like, somebody call? Huh? Yeah, you call. Speaking of response, uh, we've all got phobias. Uh, my wife happens to have spiders. That's, that's hers. That's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's spiders. I know she's not alone. Um, I'm not particularly fond of them, but I'll step on them in a minute. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I can tell the difference between ah, and ah. you know the response that's required to the call. I, I think, I think, I, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm overstepping my, uh, my, I think that we have become somewhat tone deaf or, or numb to the call. I've heard the call. Yeah, I heard the call. Yeah, I've heard the call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Call, 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 call. Call, 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 call. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many of us know, you don't even have to raise your hand, I know you know someone that does not know Jesus Christ and the pardon of their sin. If you truly believe that when they die without accepting Christ as their Savior, they'll be eternally separated from him. If you really believe that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hide behind, but I don't want to offend them. I don't, I don't, you know, I just, that's their choice. Yeah. That's it? That's, that's the best you can do for a friend, huh? You know, I'm driving off a cliff doing a Thelma and Louise, and, uh, and you're not going to stop me. You're not going to do anything to share the gospel with me. I need to reevaluate our friendship. How well do we know the call? Let's pray. Our Father, our God. How I love you. I just, I love you. Father, you know me. You know us. You, 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 know, you know my heart. You know, you know the things that uh, we've done that's fallen short. We, we should have we witnessed when we didn't. Um, Father, you know us, Father, but now with increased information and knowledge and reminder, admonishment, let us be better witnesses of this gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us be quick to share with those that um, need to know. Father, but um, as they instruct the, those on the airplanes, let us put on the oxygen mass of the gospel first. Let us breathe again um, a fresh understanding of what it means to be um, followers of your Son, our Savior, the Christ. Father, we love you. 
we thank you. And now, Father, as we uh, pause and transition for this opportunity to reflect and remember what our Savior indeed do, do for us, Father, we ask that you'd be honored and glorified. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, that we ask it all. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen.